Ukraine, a battleground for European domination. This November will mark five years since the famous Orange Revolution in Ukraine, when large protests were instrumental in bringing to power a more pro-Western president. The more pro-Western demonstrators adopted the color orange in their large protests, which is why this has come to be called the Orange Revolution. During that election, the West clearly backed one side and Mr. Putin and Russia the other. The Catholic Church also backed the pro-Western candidate. On November 28, 2004, a week after the disputed Ukrainian election, Pope John Paul II noticed a group in the crowd at St. Peter's waving orange banners in support of orange opposition leader Viktor Yushchenko. In acknowledgement of the protesters, he said, My thoughts go to the Ukrainian pilgrims present in this square. I assure you of my prayer for peace in your country. It was the second time in four days that the Pope had singled out Ukraine. The five million Greek Catholics and one million Catholics in Ukraine clearly supported the Western candidate. However, during the five years since the revolution, the Orange Coalition hasn't produced very good results. An analysis in the August 20th Economist magazine entitled Dear Victor, You're Dead, Love Dmitry points out that Ukraine's politicians and voters seem to be leaving the country vulnerable again. According to a recent poll, more Ukrainians think their own government is the biggest security threat to their country than believe Russia is. Corruption and squabbling inside the ruling Orange Coalition have paralyzed governance. End quote. This leaves the Western influence in Ukraine in a weak and vulnerable condition, and Russia intends on capitalizing on that in the run-up to the next election. This January 17th brings the next presidential election to Ukraine. Again, there will be a struggle in the country between Russia wanting Ukraine in its sphere of influence and the Vatican and Europe seeking to have control in this country strategically stretching north from the Black Sea through which the gas flows to Europe. Regarding the election, the economist says, that election is of almost as much importance to Russia as to Ukraine itself. And, of all the neighboring republics, Ukraine remains the largest and most important to Russia. Times have changed since the days of the USSR, and the Russia of today is utilizing the power of the Orthodox Church as an influential political force, the economist says, to show the range of options for reintegrating Ukraine into its sphere of privileged interest, Russia recently dispatched Patriarch Kirill, the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, on a tour of Ukraine. When I walked through the huge crowds of people chanting, Kirill is our Patriarch, I understood that our great spiritual unity has become a basic value which cannot be shaken by politics, he told a doubtless grateful Mr. Medvedev on his return. So Russia is endeavoring to rebuild its empire based on a spiritual unity. This is exactly what the Latin Pope in the West has been trying to do with Europe, united on the basis of its Catholic roots. The Vatican's quest for influence in Ukraine will have suffered a blow if the long-term results of the Orange Revolution are a failure which bring back Russian dominance. If Russian influence and control is restored in Ukraine, Russia will have taken a very meaningful step in the process of rebuilding its empire. 
when Russia makes a deal with the papacy to use spiritual unity to bring together the whole of Europe and Russia into one colossal empire, the image of the latter days, the image of Daniel's prophecy chapter 2, will be standing on its feet. Ezekiel chapter 38 is a prophecy directed to the prince of Russia, given the title Gog in the prophecy. He is Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, revised version. For a detailed look at these ancient names, refer to the Bible magazine, volume 21, issue 4. Both Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal are all names which refer to the area of Russia. The Gog of this prophecy is the Prince of Russia. He is also, however, of the land of Magog. The area of ancient Magog stretches across Europe from Germany to Ukraine. Latin Catholic Western Europe and Russia, with its Byzantine culture, correspond with the two Roman legs of the image of the prophecy of Daniel chapter 2. The domain of the Confederacy in Ezekiel 38 and the territory of the Latter-day Empire of Daniel 2 correspond with each other, linking these two Latter-day prophecies together. The purpose of Daniel 2 was to show King Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days, verse 28. And Gog invades the land of Israel, after many days thou shalt be visited, in the latter years thou shalt come into the land. The leader in Ezekiel 38 is Gog, the prince of Russia. The leader of the image is the Babylonian head of gold. The image is united under a Babylonian head, the brains of the image empire. In Revelation, this is interpreted as Babylon the Great, the apostate church. This shows that the latter-day prince of Russia will work with the apostate Greek and Latin churches to rule Europe and eventually invade the land of Israel. The timing of Ezekiel 38 is clearly laid out as one goes through the chapter. As we have already seen in verse 8, it takes place after many days and in the latter years. Again, in verse 16, it is the latter days. Again, notice in verse 8, it is the time when Israel has been gathered out of many people and brought forth out of the nations, when the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, are now inhabited. Verse 12, it is when the desolate places are now inhabited. Don't miss the reference to the mountains of Israel, and verse 12, the midst of the land. The conflict is centered on one mountainous region, the middle of the land. This must refer to what is called today the West Bank, where the Jewish settlements are today incredibly the center of world attention. Yet before this invasion, it is a time of peace and safety in the land of Israel. See verses 8, 11, and 14. This pins down the timing of the prophecy very clearly to our time, when Israel has been regathered, even to the mountainous part of the middle of the land, which is the subject of a worldwide controversy. Yet maybe one could say that the prophecy somehow fits at the end of the millennium, when the Lord Jesus Christ, reigning from Jerusalem, relaxes his control a little, so that any in the world whose minds are still ruled by the man of the flesh might be made manifest. Gog and Magog then rally the remaining carnal elements of the world to encompass the city of the saints. See Revelation chapter 20. 
However, a careful look at Ezekiel 38 and 39 will reveal this is clearly not the case. Ezekiel 39 verse 7 shows us a purpose to these great events. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name any more, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Ezekiel 38 takes place then at a time when it is necessary for Yahweh to make his name known in Israel. Ezekiel 38 commences then at a time when this name is not understood correctly. It is unknown. This can hardly apply to Israel at the end of the millennium. Ezekiel 39 verse 26 notes that Israel has committed trespass during the time of peace and safety against Yahweh and possesses shame. This is not the Israel at the end of the millennium. At that time, Yahweh will have made a new covenant with Israel. He will have written his law in their hearts and he will have forgiven their iniquity and will remember their sin no more. Jeremiah 31 verses 31 to 34. Isaiah 60 verse 21 is very clear about Israel, the Israel of the kingdom age. Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. No, Ezekiel 38 fits together with Daniel 2 and is a prophecy for our time. Ezekiel 38 verse 20 speaks of the massive earthquake that will shake the earth in that day. There will only be one earthquake like it either before or after. This is the great earthquake of Zechariah 14, when the Mount of Olives will cleave in the midst. This great earthquake helps us to tie these prophecies together and shows that Ezekiel 38 occurs at the same time as Zechariah 14. It is therefore with great interest that we continue to watch events in Europe. We see Western Europe and the papacy posturing to lead the empire they are fashioning, and we see the eastern leg of the image, Russia asserting itself as the leader. Everyone recognizes that Russia is needed as a partner if the European Union is to be stable and secure. Russia is not content with being a partner, and it is beginning to flex some military muscle to demonstrate this. No one knows which direction this could take, and The Economist even mentions armed conflict. A few more excerpts. Russia marked the first anniversary of its war with Georgia with a verbal slavo against Ukraine. As the war in Georgia showed, the Kremlin has other means of persuasion at its disposal. On August 10th, a day before the video blog, Mr. Medvedev announced new simplified rules for using Russian military force outside the country to protect Russian citizens and defend units stationed abroad. A full-blown military conflict with Ukraine seems unlikely, but is no longer unthinkable. Two years ago, a war between Russia and Georgia seemed equally unlikely. Russia's own situation may not be entirely stable, and its current rulers may be tempted to provoke a conflict with Ukraine to consolidate their position. One thing looks increasingly certain. The relationship between Russia and Ukraine will be a worry for European security. If the European Catholic Empire that the Vatican dreams of is going to succeed, they need Russia in. 
Russia will only join if they are in a leadership role, so the posturing continues. This winter, the battleground will be Ukraine, and so we will watch with great interest as we see prophecy unfolding. Come back next week, God willing, as we endeavor to discern the signs of the times on Bible in the News. This has been David Billington. Thanks for joining us.